Welcome to Long Shots. This is the story of two brothers from the Midwest with nothing to lose, who created a tech empire and all the valuable lessons we learned along the way. In the grand hallway of the Playboy Mansion, I found myself standing in front of a tall, silver-haired man in silk pajamas and a smoking jacket. I was finally standing in front of one of my heroes in life, Hugh Hefner himself. Just over his shoulder, hundreds of half-naked revelers were filing into the mansion for the annual Midsummer Night's Dream Party. The place had the energy of a powder keg about to explode. I was holding a bunny rabbit slipper awkwardly in one hand, which must have been confusing to Hef because I was already wearing two perfectly good bunny rabbit slippers. I didn't have a clue what to say, so I just blurted out the first thing that came to my mind. Love the pajamas. You headed to bed early? Hugh laughed and quipped, Yeah, the neighbors are causing a racket out there. Would you mind telling them to turn it down so I can hit the hay? I mean, this isn't the Playboy Mansion. I thought, okay, I can get along with this guy. Hugh leaned in a little closer and smiled. Don't burn the place down, okay? And strided out into the night flanked by a security team. I, I won't, I said to nobody at all. As much time as I was about to spend at the Playboy Mansion over the next six months, that was the one and only time I ever met Hugh Hefner. Just a few weeks prior, Playboy had offered Leo and I $250 million for majority ownership of the Chive. It was a staggering sum of money for someone who had been living below the poverty line just five years prior. But there were some strings attached, of course. First, Playboy was about $100 million in debt. They'd miss the digital revolution, and I would be expected to usher in Playboy's digital era and turn the company profitable. Playboy had other ways to get to profitability. They had a lucrative licensing business in the Far East, where Playboy would grant licenses to Chinese vendors in exchange for a healthy royalty. Think of it this way, in countries like China and the Philippines, it was very fashionable for men to wear suits with the Playboy logo on it and women loved to have the Playboy bunny on their clutch purses. We were told that Playboy was about to sell their entire licensing business in China for almost $400 million. That deal was at the finish line and it would cure all their debt. And that was good because if they didn't clear the debt with the China deal, Leo and I would have a lot of trouble getting paid. What was in our control was getting Playboy right-sized and profitable. Then we had some ideas about that. At the Chive, we built out a national sales team with offices in New York and Los Angeles. If the Playboy deal went through, we would roll Playboy up under our sales team because they didn't have their own digital sales team. There was one big problem. The Chive didn't do nudity. I mean, sure, we had girls in bikinis, and that was fine because big national advertisers kind of tolerated it. But how were we going to get advertisers like General Motors and AT&T comfortable putting their ads next to content with nudity? The answer? They never would. Like, ever. So Leo and I proposed an idea to the Playboy management. 
We told them in order to make Playboy more advertising friendly, they would have to go non-nude. This would be a major directional pivot for a brand whose entire identity was nudity. I also thought the way Playboy portrayed nudity was a bit dated. Scrolling the pages of Playboy in 2014 still felt much the same as it did in the 80s and early 90s. Some of the board agreed. The idea had already been bandied about, they admitted. Hugh thought it was the worst idea in the history of worst ideas. He said nudity was never the problem because nudity isn't a problem. But Hugh was no longer in control of the company that he'd once founded. A couple months later, Playboy announced that starting in 2016, they would no longer feature nude pictorials. Hugh wasn't the only person who outright hated the idea. The general public hated it too. 67% of both men and women viewed the move negatively. And in the announcement itself, Playboy specifically stated that they aimed to make Playboy more work-friendly? Even I thought that was a bridge too far. Twitter had a field day with that one. The Twitter user who photoshopped a Playboy magazine in the lobby of a J.P. Morgan chase was my personal favorite. I can't say Leo and I were 100% responsible for Playboy going non-nude because we were not yet officially a part of the company, but I'd say we did push them over the edge. Also, in the dark recesses of my brain, I wasn't sure I wanted the job. Never step into the shadow of an icon. It is a cold shadow to step into. And I was trying to carve out my own identity. My name is John Rezig, and if I took the deal, you might as well have renamed me John Hefner. And I rather liked being John Rezig. But we kinda needed Playboy, too. T-shirt sales were peaking, and we were looking for the next big thing. Merging with Playboy would have been a big deal for both companies. And we got along well with the Playboy management team. If we didn't do the deal, our backup plan was to create a beer line. That's right. My plan B, if I didn't say yes to a quarter of a billion dollars to move into the Playboy Mansion and spend my days luxuriating in the grotto, was to start brewing beer. That was all I had. A Playboy or a brewer. Still on the fence, I walked out to my car after a diligence meeting at Playboy headquarters on Civic Center Drive in Beverly Hills. I never lock the doors of my cars because I drive shitty cars. When I got in the car, resting neatly in the passenger seat was a manila envelope. I opened it up and there was a weak-looking copy of our Playboy offer. Etched over the $250 million in red marker were the words... Chinese licensing, no-go. For a moment, I actually stopped to recognize the absurdity of what was happening. Envelopes made from brown, unbleached paper, used for cheapness, are described as manila envelopes. And there, in a manila envelope, was an offer for $250 million minus $400 million written in red magic marker. My wheels started spinning. Okay, only... Maybe a half dozen people who work at Playboy knew about the offer, much less would have a copy of it. So whoever was sending me this message wanted me to know that he or she was an insider. 
I started up my car and drove to dinner, suddenly longing for simpler times. That night, my brother and I ate dinner at the Ritz-Carlton in Marina del Rey, California. Afterwards, in the parking garage, I showed him the note. He had this half-scared, half-amused look on his face. John, do you think this is real? I don't know. And kinda, I don't care. Someone knows something. Someone's trying to tell us something. And you don't care if it's real? I don't want to do this deal. I don't think, even if this piece of paper is real or fake. I don't think this job is for me. Leo knew I was serious. We were less than a month before closing. So many people had so much riding on the deal, including my brother. Leo would have made a fortune and sailed off into the sunset. This international licensing deal had suddenly become very fragile. Leo just started laughing. You don't want to take the money and have, like, unfettered access to the Playboy Mansion and the Black Bunny Jet for the rest of your natural life? And, like, Lord knows what else comes along with this, John. Nah. Leo is cracking up. If you don't want it, I don't want it either. My brother had everything to gain from this deal, but he supported my decision. And at that moment, I realized that doing business with your family can be a good thing. If the person standing across from me in that parking lot was anybody but my own brother, it would have been a different conversation. Probably an altercation. Instead, my brother was draped over the hood of my car, laughing his ass off, saying, We're pulling out a Playboy! Get it? Yes, Leo. I get it. For the second time in our business careers, we politely declined an offer from the bankers. The first, four years prior, was for $2 million, and this one was for, well, more. Playboy took the news well. On a scale of one to the eruption of Mount Vesuvius, Playboy's reaction was the Great Molasses Flood of 1919. It could have been worse. The 2016 release of a non-nude Playboy was the product equivalent of Crystal Pepsi. It was a total failure. Turns out the idea of Playboy and non-nudity is sort of an oxymoron. And the international Playboy licensing deal didn't happen, leaving Playboy in quite a lurch. So much so that to pay off their debt, they put the Playboy Mansion on sale in 2016 and sold it for $100 million. The new owner allowed Hugh Hefner to live in the mansion until he passed away on September 27, 2017, at the age of 91. Hugh is interred at the Westwood Memorial Park, where he paid $75,000 in 1992 to be buried next to Marilyn Monroe. In a roundabout way, a trip to the Playboy Mansion actually named this podcast. Do you remember the scene in Beverly Hills Cop 2 when Axel Foley goes to the mansion to confront Maxwell Dent for the plot to kill Lieutenant Bogomil, and Hef kicks them both out of the mansion? Are we having a problem here? Hef! You Hefner! Axel Foley! I just want to give you some background on some of your guests here. This is Thermopolis. He's into guns and drugs. You have to, and this is Max. And Max kills cops for a living. Well, I don't know him. Or you. I think it's time that uh, all of you left. I happen to be a major contributor to this. And we appreciate it. Goodbye. Everybody, party's over. Max fucking.
everybody, so let's just go home. Then in a squad car just outside the mansion, detectives Rosewood and Taggart discover that Foley has pickpocketed Dent's wallet, where he finds the business card of Dent's crooked accountant inside. You picked Dent's pocket? Ho! I told y'all I wasn't always a cop. Yeah, yeah, I know. You fractured an occasional law when you were a kid. See? Every now and then an occasional long shot pays off. And thus names this podcast. Every now and then an occasional long shot pays off. In 2001, I borrowed $400 from my dad to move to Los Angeles from Fort Wayne, Indiana. The way I saw things, 14 years later, I'd created the chive and someone offered me the Playboy gig. Not bad. The American dream, as far as I was concerned, was very much still alive. And it was for Playboy as well. Playboy successfully went public in October of 2021 on the heels of a renewed success of the foreign licensing empire they never sold, all led by Cooper Hefner, who had been named the chief of global partnerships at Playboy Enterprises. I guess everything happens for a reason. Still, with no Playboy deal, and short about a quarter of a billion dollars, our only fallback would be to start our own beer line. Look, if that sounds insane to our listeners, a friendly reminder, this podcast is called Long Shots. We had no idea what to do next, and there was big trouble brewing on the horizon. Somewhere in Menlo Park, California, a young entrepreneur named Mark Zuckerberg was about to release a new product that would lure publishers like us into posting all their content to his Facebook, then decimate them in ways we never saw coming. This ride was about to get real bumpy. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and give us a five-star rating. Go to thechive.com forward slash long shots to subscribe to our newsletter and see photos of all the events I talked about in the podcast today. Also, I do personally try to read all the emails we received, so if you'd like to reach out to the show, email me at longshotsatthechive.com. Long Shots is hosted, executive produced, and written by me, John Rezig, for Chive Media Group. Audio editing and sound design by Stephen Wilson. Tune in next Thursday for Episode 7 of Long Shots. I really hope you enjoyed this two-part episode as much as we enjoyed making it. It's the holiday season, and as you know, the Chivery has the best and the funniest holiday t-shirt designs. So just go to the Chivery and use my personal discount code. This should be free for 15% off everything on the Chivery.com.